0: Welcome to The CAP, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and I am here to introduce you to college admissions representatives and other professionals in the field of college admissions. Our purpose is to serve you, the students and parents, so that you may gain insight straight from the people who ultimately make the decisions. Regardless of whether you will apply to a particular school being highlighted, you should listen to all of the episodes, as each guest will give you tremendous insight and advice on every aspect of the college admissions process, prompting you to come up with your own follow-up questions for when you visit campus or meet with a college admissions representative yourself. Lastly, if you have any questions you'd like me to cover on future episodes or any comments you'd like to share, please email me at collegeadmissionstalk at And don't forget to visit our website at www.collegeadmissionstalk.com. So are you ready? Let's talk about it. Welcome to The Cap, the College Admissions Process Podcast. I am your host, John Durante, and it gives me great pleasure to introduce to you today Kirsha Ziley, who's the Northeast Regional Admissions Counselor at Ringling College of Art and Design in beautiful Sarasota, Florida. Kirsha, thank you so much for being with us here today. How are you?
1: Thank you for having, us, or having me, I guess. I really appreciate it. Um, we're doing great. Yep, I'm just enjoying the last day. <laughs> the break before we all dive back in again
0: well it's fantastic it's great to have you and i'm really excited about this episode as i received quite a few inquiries from people on my email opt-in list specifically about ringling but also schools of art and design so thank you again for being here so let's get right to it kiesha when you think of ringling what are the three words that come to mind when you think of its culture and can you explain why
1: Uh, Sure. So the three words that come to mind, I guess, would be focused, pre-professional and ultimately um, fun, mainly because it is a pre-professional program. Um, The entire um, uh, impetus behind Ringling is um, careers, artistic, creative, artistic careers. And so um, that's kind of everything we do from the beginning. We're a direct entry school. So students start their major right away they're diving in, um, it's a lot of a lot of hard work. And always with that um, focus on what are we gonna do when we're done here in four years. Um, but also it is in, as you mentioned, beautiful sunny Sarasota. Um, and so you can't actually help but have fun down here <laughs> or down there. Um, <laughs> it is a beautiful place to go to school um, and the <laughs> students are always engaged in amazing activities. Um, when they're not in their classes um but it's a uh, yeah those are the three things that i would say that come to mind initially when i think about ringling
0: well we appreciate that and what are some of the other things you personally love about ringling that makes it so appealing for so many students to want to apply and ultimately attend
1: well, I'll tell you. You know, I'm I'm an artist myself, right? So I have a I've a I've had a very varied career in the arts. Um, and when I first applied for this job back eh, oof, a while back, like seven years ago now, um, <laughs> and I flew down to that campus. That was my first time ever being in Florida. And the first thing that kind of struck to me was just how how beautiful it is down there. I mean, the buildings themselves are gorgeous. They're beautifully designed. Um, it's just a kind of a very peaceful stunning place to go to school um you're surrounded by palm trees and egrets and
0: yeah the occasional
1: (laughs) lizard um and all the water everywhere around you and ultimately that's to me that was really appealing and the weather is like kind of perfect as a new englander it's almost too perfect um you know but it's (laughs) it's got perfect weather um that's one things that i really kind of love about it it's just the you know when you're an artist going somewhere where you are uh consistently inspired by the world around you that's a it's a good start in terms of Ringling. Um And then the second part that made it really appealing to me was what I mentioned before was the the career aspect of it. You know there's a big there's that whole myth of the starving artist right that everybody keeps talking about and we you know we work very hard to dispel that myth and I could see that right away that the, that the student focus aspect of the school The fact that the school is so small, we only have about 1,700 students. Um, And so everything is all kind of focused on what they're going to do. And there's no, I didn't sense any kind of, I don't know, competition between professors and students that you sometimes see. It was very much about how are we going to make sure that these students are succeeding after they graduate. And to me, that was extremely important as opposed to some other places that I've been to where it's just give us our money and then we'll kick you out the door and hope you have a good time. You know, we're really focused on their. They're after what happens to them afterwards. And I, I kind of love that about it.
0: Well, I love that introduction, the fact that it's direct entry. So as soon as students are admitted, they begin right in their major. And the yeah. fact that overall there's only 1700 students, which shows that it's a really tight knit community. I'm sure you really get to know everyone, not only mm-hmm. classmates and other students, but also your professors. Keisha, what can you tell us about the social life at Ringling? Because many students and their parents reach out asking this question. So what else can you tell us?
1: Well, okay. So first, let me just kind of, I'm going to be a little bit honest, maybe kind of harshly so here is that (laughs) it is a very, it's not a typical college in that you will spend most of your time in class or in the labs doing work for your class. Um, That particularly that first year, because it is such a getting everybody onto the same page kind of a year. Um, so there are opportunities to to do things socially, but I, I'm going to be straightforward. A lot of these kids are just, they're working their, their tails off here. Um, but we do have things like, uh, we do a lot of clubs. We have over a hundred um, clubs that students uh, have started over the years. Everything from a gaming club to, we actually have a Quidditch team. <laughs> um, we have a gym on campus. We have multiple quads where they can, um, they can work out and run around and do things of course we're close to the water. So water sports are big with paddle boarding and things along those lines. Um, we do things like, um, movie night on the deck. Uh, we'll have like a big screen. We'll have kids come watch the movie. We'll do bonfires. Um, we have music nights, um, things along those lines. So, um, and a lot of programming is centered around that first year after that we still have opportunities for students but then they get very serious with their studies and so um but we do have some of that kind of that kind of thing uh the clubs are a really big part of their um of their time at the campus
0: well we appreciate the honesty thank you so much and obviously this is a serious school for the serious artists so thank you again so much Kirsha, mm-hmm. one of the differences in applying to a school like ringling which of course is an art and design school is that students may submit a portfolio as part of their overall application. Kirsha, how do you assess a student's portfolio and how much importance is put on it as part of your overall application process?
1: Right. So the portfolio, I would say, for a school like Ringling, again, a direct entry school like ours, um, is going to be probably the most important thing we're going to be looking at out of all of the aspects of the application. That's not to say that the essay isn't important or the letters aren't important, but the portfolio is the most important part of the application for us. Um, And we evaluated, I would say, what we're looking for, just just kind of to alleviate some of the concerns, what we're looking for is potential, right? So we're not expecting the student to be a professional artist. We don't expect to see that in the portfolio, right? I mean, that's while you go to school, right? Um, so, we're looking for a potential, ultimately. We're looking for a certain amount of um, uh, study that's done prior. So, you don't want to be, it's not the kind of thing that you kind of dash off in a couple of weeks. You know, we do want to see um, your own artistic development in that portfolio. So, we want to see a commitment to art that has been there for at least a couple of years, right? So, we want to see that in that, in that um, body of work. Um, also, we want to see we want to get to know who you are as an artist um after I've looked at the 10 it's usually 10 to 20 images of your work right and after I've looked at all 10 to 20 of them I want to have a sense of who the student is right so if it's all academic work and there's no there's no creative input there's no personality in there I mean that's that can be a bit of a red flag you know I want to see their own self I want to see that in that work as well um but that's what we're kind of looking for. So on one hand, I do want to see professional um well, I want to see commitment to uh to what they're doing, to their study. But I also don't need to see like, you know, they don't have to be, you know, out there wonderful, perfect, everything is great, kind of artists. There is a room there's room for growth, right? That's also why I should mention this. That's also why we look we love to do portfolio reviews with students um before they apply. Um Because also what we're looking for, if we have done a portfolio review with you, we see your portfolio, we want to see that you've sort of taken on what we've suggested in the review in the work so that we can also see that not only do you have potential, but you're teachable, that you take things and you learn and you grow from them. That's really important too.
0: What's up, podcast friends? I'm happy to share that we've teamed up with Dormco to make your dorm decorating a lot easier. Why Dormco? They offer quality and durability affordability, and a wide selection for bedding-to-storage solutions and everything in between for your dorm room. So if you or anyone you know is looking to decorate your dorm, see the affiliate partnership link in the show notes for DormCo. your one-stop for stylish, affordable, and quality dorm essentials. Please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast gets a commission. But rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit our listeners. Thank you all. And best wishes. Well, we appreciate that. And so being that the portfolio is so important as part of the overall application, what other insight could you offer in terms of how students should approach the development of their portfolios? And does that change based on their intended major?
1: Right. So uh, this is very important. It's a good question. I'm glad you asked it. First of all, I want to make sure that students are... Once you've kind of narrowed down which schools you're looking to apply to, you really need to, I can't say this, I cannot say this more forcefully. <laughs> you really need to go to those schools' websites and look and look at their portfolio requirements. Some schools will have prompts where they run very specific things in the portfolio. Other schools like ours will have suggestions, ideas, you know, thoughts going into the portfolio. But I really want students to take that time to do that research it's super super important um the other thing to do is to if anything in that website doesn't make sense to you reach out to the counselors you know we are always available to at all schools this is not just ringling every <laughs> school will be happy to talk to you about it um, ask questions i don't know what this means you know anything along those lines it's super important that you um take that time on your end take the impetus on your end to do that uh because we will notice that. If, like. For instance, in our website, we say kind of clearly, please don't put things like dragons or unicorns in your portfolio, right? And then if I open up your portfolio and I see a bunch of dragons in your portfolio, it's just to me, maybe that student didn't look at the website, you know? Um, so it's really important that you do that. Um, and then part of that is talking, is um, determining if a school is a direct entry school, like I said, like we are, where a student applies, 90% of our students apply directly to a major. Or if a school um, has more of an exploratory period, more of a foundational period, Um, a school that has a more of a foundational exploratory period, um, like the first year or two before you even take any of your major classes, they're going to want a broader portfolio, right? They're going to want to see a little bit of everything, you know, um, in your work. A school that's a more direct entry type school like ours might might want to see more of a um, a specific focused major, in which case, uh, portfolio, in which case um, it does matter what you're looking to major in. You know, when I'm looking at a student who's applying to illustration, for instance, that's going to be a very different portfolio from a student who's applying to graphic design or photography. Um, And that's that can be both, you know, um, uh that can be wonderful and also kind of challenging for a student but like for if you if you're a photography student for us that means you don't have to show me any drawing which is not, most photography students are like Oof, thank god you know, they don't want to do drawing they just want to take pictures right so it um it's it's helpful to kind of focus that portfolio um and that's where i would say going to the website is really important to kind of see that you know um i would also stress that you know and this, I'm going to say this because I think it's important for students to know this. You, you want to have a nice balance in your work of, um, of what I would say uh, is a more foundational um, art skill and then the more, more creative work, right? So, and analog is really fine. You know, we have a lot of students who kind of jump into the digital world really fast. And honestly, for a lot of our majors, we just want to see drawing. I just want to see drawing. You know, I want to see drawing what you see. So things like observational work is really important. Um, Still life work, figure drawing, those kinds of things um, that shows us that you have an understanding of proportion and perspective and value. Um, That's going to be really important for a lot of our programs. So don't, you know, resist the urge to show us all the fancy technology you can do and just show us your fundamental skills. That's really the most important thing.
0: Well, that's really helpful. Thank you so much, Kiesha. And I know that Ringling offers a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree, which of course is a BFA, and a Bachelor of Arts degree, which of course is commonly known as the BA. Mm-hmm. Can you share the difference between the two?
1: Sure. So I would say that all except for all of our majors except for two are gonna be BFA, Bachelor of Fine Arts, right? So we have two BAs, which is a business major and a visual studies major, which are more general. and And the difference really is that um, the BFA is a more focused degree. It comes down to the um, the number of courses uh, that we offer. So, in a BFA, two thirds of your courses are going to be studio art courses, right? Classes that are in the studio, learning so very specific art skills, and one third of your courses are going to be liberal arts, things like your math, your science, your literature. Um, Those those kinds of things, and in a BA, those numbers are reversed. In a BA, two thirds of your courses are the liberal arts, and one third are studio arts. So the BFA is a very focused degree, and that's actually not that's not so much even like a Ringling stat. That's that's just how it is across the board. That's kind of the standard, right? So when you're looking at a BFA, you're looking at a more focused degree. And for some students, um, who are this is what they want to do, they're very serious. This is this is their path. The BFA is the right fit. For some students who are more interested in the liberal arts, who like art, but they also like to do, um, they like their, their literature classes, they like those other kinds of courses, then the BA would be a more appropriate major. So it just kind of depends on the student um, and what their, what their goals are, what they want to learn.
0: Well, we appreciate that distinction. And what's the difference between applying to an art college as opposed to an art program embedded within a college or university?
1: Yeah, well, it will come down to the importance, I think, of the portfolio. So, for an art college, for a school that's like ours, like a college of art and design, um, you're looking at a school that's probably going to be more interested in the portfolio. Um, then a school, when you're applying to a school that's a um, that is an art program embedded within like a university or a college, then they're going to probably look. Be looking more at your academics and other things more just as much as the portfolio. It's more of a, it's going to be more of a holistic application. Um, for us, we look at your academics just so we can make sure that you are, um, we look at your GPA to kind of make sure that you are going to be admittable just in terms of like your, your GPA, but in terms of what you've taken throughout those four years, it doesn't matter to us and it won't matter as much to the art colleges, but to, a. um, If you're applying to an actual college that has a strong art program within it, they're going to be caring a lot more about those kinds of classes. So it's a difference in terms of what they're going to look at because there's um, standards that they have to meet um, that we don't have to meet. We have different standards to meet when we're uh, an art school.
0: Well, we appreciate that. And I know that Ringling, like many other schools, is test optional. Mm -hmm. Can you share the percentage of students that apply and that are ultimately admitted that did not submit their test scores?
1: Sure. So test scores are optional for us because, you know, when a school's looking at test scores, what they're looking for is, you know, your potential and how you're going to do at the actual college. Right. And we, we long ago determined that a test score for our school doesn't tell us really much about how you're going to do it once you get to the college. So we don't really look at them. Um, we don't require them. Um, I would say every year that moves forward, Uh, We see fewer and fewer test scores submitted. So I would say maybe at the most, 20 to 25% of students submit the test scores now. Um, Most of us, we don't, most students uh, don't submit them.
0: Well, we appreciate that insight. And of course, if a student is able to visit campus, Mm
1: -hmm. that's
0: something that's very important as part of their overall process. Very. What are the areas that they should absolutely visit? And what are some of the questions that they should be asking to help them determine whether or not Ringling is the right fit for them?
1: Yeah, well, I would tell students that, you know, when you come to visit, and this is ringling, but this is also, I think, for any school that you're going to visit, I think it's really important to not just visit the campus, but also the area surrounding the campus. Make sure that that all feels right to you, um, because, you know, you're not going to spend every single single second actually on the campus. So make sure that you're taking that time to kind of explore, whether it's a town or a city you know, explore the area around and make sure that's the right environment. You know, we are a, technically, we are in a city, um, but it's not like going to school in New York City. <laughs> you know, we are like, we're about 50 acres, all kind of contained in one general area. And it feels, and the, and the surrounding community is very suburban. So it feels very like a suburban area. Um, so I would just make sure that when you go, don't just don't just fly in, go to campus, and then fly out again. You know, you want to make sure that you're you're looking at everything else that's there. Um, when it comes to my to Ringling what I would recommend students do is make sure that you um, are asking about the facilities that specifically relate to your major Um, because again we're we're such a uh, we have such a big campus for such a small student body Um, all of the majors have their own particular labs their own places where they study and so it's important I think that you go and see that particular environment if you can Um, we're a small school again so uh, you can also ask to speak to people who are um, in your program of interest. So you can kind of just get to know them a little bit. If you, especially if you ask ahead of time, you could maybe arrange a meeting with um, uh, faculty in your, in your chosen major. Um, I, of course, I always say, go check out the dorms. You know, you mm-hmm. wanna make sure that that's something that you, can, that, you, that, you, that you like them. Check out the dining hall, that's really important um, check out the places, you know, check out the library. For us, I would say check out the library because it's just phenomenal. It's the most amazing building ever. Um, but really I think it's about making sure that you are looking at the facilities that, um, relate to your chosen major. So you can see if that's what you're, if that appeals to you.
0: Well, thank you so much. And what are some of the things that students do to demonstrate their interest in attending Ringling? And do you track such things as part of your overall process?
1: Yeah. So we do look at demonstrated interest. Um, that's kind of, a, we do have those kinds of conversations and what that really means. And I just tell students, honestly, it means that when I send you an email, I can tell if you've opened the email or not. Right. <laughs> I can't tell how long you looked at the email. So I tell students and open the email, just open it. Then I know that you at least looked at it. You know, if we look at your record and we see that you've never opened a single email from us, we get a sense that maybe this kid doesn't really like the school. So I would say open the emails. And I would say, One way to sort of show interest is, first of all, yes, taking a tour. That's great. Um, We have open houses. Um, Do the open house. We have one coming up uh, in February. Um, There are events, and I should have mentioned this before. There are events called National Portfolio Days, which I don't know if you know of these events, but these are free Mm -hmm. events Mm -hmm. that happen throughout the United States where all of the ACAD schools, all the nationally accredited art schools attend, and you can get your portfolio looked at um, go to the NPD in your area and, um, and co- come to our table, right? Cause that's important. We can know that we've looked at you, uh, looked at your work and reach out to your counselors, email, email me, um, reach out, have portfolio, re- have a portfolio review done, have to, um, you know, and look at our work. That kind of thing, um, is a way to show that you're interested in the school. Cause every time I talk to you, I talk to a student, every time I respond to an email, I put it in their, um, on their record that we had a conversation. And if we see that constant feedback and constant connection, that does make a difference uh, for
0: us. That's terrific, thank you so much. Can you elaborate just a little bit more on National Portfolio Day?
1: So it's it's a really exciting, um, it's a free event. And they hold them uh, in the fall, you bring your portfolio and you have a chance to get your work looked at by the schools. All the schools are there. It's a very busy event. So a lot of the students who go to like the Jacob Javits in New York City. Um, it's packed. Uh, so you might see three or four or five maybe schools. So you have to kind of research ahead of time and make sure that you, you know, that you have, that you know where your top schools are going to be and you're getting your lines early. Um, but it's about four hour over the course of the day. But it's just a great way to get you know, because sometimes depending on where you live, you may not have access to uh, people who can review your work. And I always tell students that um, the more often you get your work reviewed, the better it's going to go. Not that you have to take everybody's advice, like you don't have to like change everything every time somebody says something. But if you're hearing the same thing, the same critique over and over and over again, that might be a clue that maybe this is something that you do have to kind of work on. Um, But also getting your work critiqued Um, getting used to that is super, super important for an art student um, because some students go to a place, go to a school where they're the big fish in a little pond and they're the greatest artist there and everything they do is beautiful and it's wonderful and it's perfect. And then they come to a school like ours and they get their first like actual critique and they kind of freak out. Um, And so, you know, it's important that they kind of get used to this process because that's going to be, that's really what, that's the life, honestly. Like you're as an artist, that's what happens all the time is getting critiqued, whether it's a film that you did or, or designs that you submitted. I mean, if that's what you do for a living now. And so you have to kind of get used to that. And, and I think that the, the more you can do that before you get to college, the better it's going to go
0: for you. So, yeah. And constructive criticism is excellent. It's a thing yeah. th- to help you grow. <laughs>
1: Always meant to be for you to develop and grow. It's never meant to, it's never meant as a way to like chop you down. I mean, out in the professional world. That's, other things may come into play there but in in the academic setting it's always about you becoming a better artist that's that's always what it is it's never it's never meant to be we don't nobody would ever I mean anybody and in fact ACAD the um yeah the National Portfolio Day crew are really big on that I'm making sure that we also honestly as reviewers understand that that this is not about being harsh and cruel this is really about helping you you know grow yeah absolutely
0: Thank you so much for that insight. That's so much information. We really appreciate it. And by the way, I will put the Office of Admissions to Ringling in the show notes. Kirsha, if there's anything that you want me to include, any links, just email it to me. And of course, I'll make it available to the students and their parents in the show notes. We really appreciate it. Mm -hmm. So what are the different ways a student may apply to Ringling? And is there a benefit to applying one way over the other?
1: Okay, great question. So for m- most of our majors, almost uh, all but one, we are rolling admissions, right, which means you can apply at any time up until the first day of school, really, um, honestly, um, which is, which is nice. Uh, We do have a major called computer animation. Now, I want to stress that we actually have three different animation tracks. So when I mentioned the major that we call computer animation, that actually is our 3D track. And that's for students who want to pursue um, animation for uh, feature film, you know, like Pixar and DreamWorks and Sony and Disney and that kind of thing. Um, And for that major, we do have two actual deadlines. We have an early action deadline, and then we have a final deadline. Early action is usually around November 1st, and the final deadline is January 15th. So that's coming up. and the only difference in terms of the early action versus the regular admission for animation is um, that you as a student know sooner that you got in. Um, there is no benefit at our school. We don't have a quota, like we're not filling seats. So every student is reviewed on their own individual merit. Right. And so the same portfolio gets exactly the same odds of getting accepted, whether they, if they apply November 1st or January 15th, there's no difference in your odds of getting in. And so I often stress to students, I advise them over and over again, if you're not ready, if you feel like you could just really do just a couple more things to make your portfolio perfect, and it's going to take you past the November 1 deadline, then wait, apply apply in January. The truth is, is that that time period between like October and December, that those couple months right there, uh, for students in that senior year of high school, that's a really big developmental uh, time period. And a lot of times students make huge leaps, creative leaps in those couple of months. And sometimes it's better to wait because if you submit in November one, and then you do a killer piece of art that you really want me to see, I can't look at it. Ethically, I'm not allowed to look at it because you've already submitted. I can't, if you send it to me on an email, I can't open it. I can't even look at it. So I have to only consider what's in that portfolio. So I always tell students just to wait. Cause it doesn't make that much unless unless you absolutely have to know. <laughs> um, <laughs> I will say though that for us anyway, we do have a priority deadline on February 15th. And what that and that's for all of our majors. And what that is, is that's our um we have a, a scholarship called the Presidential Scholarship, which is one of our bigger scholarships. And we um we award that scholarship in March. And so in order to be considered for that scholarship, you'd want to get everything in by February 15th. Um, You can be considered for all the other scholarships, but that's, I I mean, I consider that a deadline, even though technically it's not really. And technically you can apply at any time.
0: Well, we appreciate the information. Thank you so much. And of Mm -hmm. course, another piece of the application is the essay. So what are some examples of college essays that left an impression on you? And what advice would you share with a prospective students in terms of what to think about as they sit down getting ready to write their essays?
1: Well, Here's what I would say. So by the time you've done the Common App, right, where I hope you've bragged, you've bragged about yourself and talked about all the wonderful things you're doing, and then you're showing us your portfolio, and then we can see all the classes that you're taking, right? So we, those, those, and we have the letters of recommendation. So all of those things combined, we have a pretty good sense of who you are. I, reckon, I always encourage students to use that essay to tell me something that I don't already know based on everything else that I'm seeing. So in other words, I would, for a school like ours, I would avoid the whole, I've always wanted to be an artist since I saw the movie Finding Nemo. Yeah, I mean, I know that you (laughs) want to be an artist. You're applying to an art school. I get that, right? I would rather you write about something that we don't know about you, something that um, maybe isn't immediately obvious when we're looking at your work, something surprising. Um, And that's what the ones I would kind of say is standing out to us um, are the ones that kind of were just different, surprising, you know, more uh, narrative-oriented, you know, more story-based as opposed to, almost like a thesis statement kind of thing, right, um, right. which I think is really important. Um, you know, with the stories where you've overcome a challenge in your life and it doesn't have to be, you know, something huge and extreme. It can be something kind of simple, but to learn about how you have um, overcome challenges is kind of a really important part of the, that we love to see. But ultimately I think it's more about just, again, it's a, it's a way of getting to know you as an individual. So be, Be creative, and be narrative, and be conversational. Um, With a caveat, though, like, it is an essay, so you do want to make sure that you've proofread it, you know, um, that's a big red flag, you know, like, proofread your essays, it's really important. Read them to other people. I would also say a big thing to do is read them out loud. Uh, That's a great way to kind of um, edit your essays, because when you're reading them to yourself, you might skip over, Mistakes that you've written, you've made in the writing of it, but when you're reading it out loud, you typically will find those mistakes a little bit easier. So things like that, I would recommend you do. But ultimately, just avoid the cliches of "I've always wanted to be an artist since I was four years old" because kind of like, yeah, I figured. But what else (laughs) could we know about you?
0: Well, those are great pieces of advice and insight, and it's a recurring theme where each piece of your marketing tool, your overall application needs to build on the other piece. So like Mm -hmm. you said, if you already wrote about certain activities that you took part in in other parts of the application, don't waste the essay to repeat what is already available elsewhere. So I really appreciate that insight. Thank you so much. And this has been a phenomenal conversation for all the aspiring artists. I know that you were given a lot of insight here. And unfortunately it leads us to the last question, which is what are your top three pieces of advice you would provide students and their parents getting ready for the college admissions process?
1: This is a tough time, I know. And I feel like every year this gets a little bit tougher, um there's always like this there's so much pressure on you as a student to to know what you want to do now at 16 years 17 years old which is just baffling um i want to tell you that the statistics that i've read recently are that you're going to have six different careers before you're done with your time on this planet that's six different careers <laughs> so the idea that what you're going to study is exactly ultimately what you're going to do the rest of your life that's probably not true. So. Take a little bit of that pressure off, right? This is like, this is the next stage of your life that you're determining here, right? Not the rest of your life, just the next stage, right? So just try to relax a little bit, right? Try to have fun with it. Um, Remember that despite all of the angst that you're feeling right now, because I know a lot of people are waiting to hear back right now and they're biting on their fingernails off, right? Remember too that ultimately this is your choice, right? You're the one making the choice, not the colleges, right? And you're gonna find that out really quickly after. There's going to be a switch that occurs occurs just about now, where all of a sudden, now you've been accepted to to places you've applied to, and suddenly it's going to turn around, and now the colleges are going to be calling you and saying, pick me, pick me, pick me, where (laughs) two months ago, it was you calling the colleges saying, pick me, pick me, pick me, but it turns around now, right? And now it's ultimately your choice. You're in the driver's seat, so you're in control, Um, So, and that should kind of give you a little bit of... to me that relaxes me a little bit to know that I'm in control of my own destiny. So keep that in mind, right? That ultimately we want you to come, Uh, all the schools want you to come. Um, And then I would just say that probably one of the most important things, uh, and it's really easy now with with the advent of technology is that do your research, you know, really do your research, really take that time. Every school has everything that you need on their websites. I mean the brochures are nice and pretty and all that and that's great. I'm still an analog person so I like looking at the brochures, right? But ultimately <laughs> it's all there on that website. Um, and they want you to contact them. So reach out, call, email. You have questions, do not be afraid to ask them. Don't assume. You know, don't assume anything. Ask questions. Um, it's really important that you you do that part. That's your part of the process. That's your job. And I would also say this is going to maybe this will be a little bit offensive to parents, but I would say remember this is your job as a student. I'm talking to the students now. This is your job. You're the one doing this, not mom, not dad, not your guardian, right? This is you. So make sure that you are taking the steps and not asking mom or dad to do it because this is your first kind of step away from from that environment into a new world. And so you want to be the one making those, uh, asking those questions and, and writing those emails. You know, um, I think it's really important. And for us as counselors, that does make a difference. You know, when I'm getting when I'm getting conversations with um, when I find myself being contacted by somebody's mom, but never by the student themselves, that to me is a bit of a red flag. You know, why is your mom calling me? Why aren't you calling me? Right. So it's important that you, as a student, take ownership of this process um, because this is your this is your life. This is your deal. So those are that's my advice.
0: well i think those are great pieces of advice i really can't thank you enough for your time and your expertise today i'm so happy because i know this is going to help so many students and their parents we really hope to have you again soon thank you so much
1: thank you for having us we really appreciate the opportunity
0: our pleasure and hope to have you again soon take care you too What's up, podcast friends? I'm happy to announce that we've teamed up with some fantastic affiliate partners to further enhance your overall college journey. So do you or someone you know need stylish dorm decor, trendy college apparel, or top-notch test prep? Whether it's creating a cozy home away from home, flaunting the latest in college apparel, or securing top-notch test prep help, We've got you covered. Check out our affiliate links in the show notes within each of these categories, which we believe will help you, our listeners. Please note that if you make a purchase through any of our affiliate links, the podcast does get a small commission, but rest assured that we would only promote products that we believe in and feel would benefit you, our listeners. So check out the links in the show notes and share with anyone you think may benefit. Thank you all and best wishes.